Welcome to The Healing Space, a black and queer mental health podcast geared toward proving there's more than one way to heal. I am Sensei Raven Akundayo. And I am Brandon Harris Williams. How you feeling on today? Mm. Ooh, Take your time. Okay. I'm feeling, feeling fine. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch you. So where I gotta watch you. I'm feeling fine. How are you doing? I'm feeling amazing. I'm in your presence. So it feels really good. Aren't you blessed? Listen. <laughs> I'm listening. When you've been blessed. Was there more? Okay. Whatever. It's like heaven. Come on. Do you know the next line? I was going to keep going, but no. Nope. You don't mm-hmm. know. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> Were you going to do it for us? I don't know the next line either. Oh. No, it's not one of my favorite Patty songs. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you had all the Patties. Not all of them. Okay. That's not one of my favorites. Fair but much. okay, that's honest. Thank you. I appreciate that's it. That's honest. Indeed. Do you want to tell the people about your your weekend? We just gonna jump right in. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're just rushing oh, me. Come I have one. <laughs> Can we have some slight banter? What's the shit? We, we have banter the whole time. This is true. We're banter all throughout. We go banter. All- <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel like we have not recorded in forever? It, it does really feel that way. Been, but it, it feels like listen. Ages. We put in work when we recorded last time. Like we were going. We had lives. We had other shows. Listen, other shows that haven't aired yet. Like we were going in. <laughs> like, okay. Like last week we did like three different things. <laughs> of course, it's like two days or something. Yes. <laughs> but we're glad that all of you enjoyed it. Yes. You know. So I guess this is a, now a great time to tell everybody thank you for tuning in to THS Live. Yes, and thank you for all of the guests that participated Come too. Because it was a full. It was house. Listen, full <laughs> like the sitcom. Well, it was better than the sitcom, <laughs> but okay, much better. I mean, I like the Tanner. Listen, the fact that you name? had to think about their last names oh. that tells you all you need to know. DJ Tanner, yes, okay. they were the Tanners. Okay, I'm sure you know everyone's last name who was on our show though. So thanks. You had uh, <laughs> look at you. Last name Kennedy. Okay. Last name Soul. Okay. Last name Antonio. Okay. Last name Jiggets. Okay. Last name Love. Okay. Last name Nicholas. Okay. Last name Harris Williams. <laughs> Last name Akundayo. <laughs> Bam. Ow. Wow, you look so excited. <laughs> just I don't know what that, that was. was. Literally off the top of my head. Literally off the top of my head. <laughs> I didn't know everybody's last name, but Mr. Libation himself. So, oh, look at you! You see me? Come on! So he was he was Sean Libation to you. He was just Sean. He sounds like he was in a house. Sean Libation. Hey, come on now! And Libation. I love it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Silly. (laughs) We gonna make that a thing? Yes, the House of Libation. I support it. You gonna be in the house? No. I'll I'll be uh. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll be the pray tell of that show There we uh-uh. go There we go uh-huh. <laughs> we're, just gonna, we're gonna slide right on along I'm not gonna play with you How was your weekend sir? My uh, my weekend was uh, <laughs> was an interesting bag It was an interesting bag There was uh, some good treats inside that bag Oh okay and, and Did you they, eat them? Uh, well of course <laughs> This is me I enjoy me you a heard good heard it here misfits I enjoy me a good treat Indeed Um However, there were also some poison apples. Okay. And, you know, you have to steer clear of those. You do. So, uh, I forgot what Friday looked like. I'm forever forgetting what my Fridays do. Every week. Listen, (laughs) I have to think about, like, early, ahead of time. I'm like, let me type up what happened on Friday (laughs) so I can remember by the time we get. So, yeah, I don't remember. I I may have just come home. For some reason, I doubt that. 
Oh no, uh, yeah, mine was real chill. My Fridays are usually chill. It's usually on Saturdays where it turns up. Okay. So on Saturday, I taught a really early, like my earliest yoga class. It was like 8 a.m. Mm. I usually don't teach until 10. So this was pretty early. So I taught that at 8, but that was because I actually had to go on to campus for my job. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to have a, uh, what's the thing? We had to have a, a meeting with our residents. So I had to go for that. And then after that, I left there and made my way to help out Divizi. Um, she's been on the show before, Donvinia Jackson. I went to help her out with some interviews for some people who are going to be working with her for a big event she has coming up on Labor Day weekend. Yes. Uh, and then after I left there, what was there? There was more. Um, we took some really cute pictures. Y'all did. <laughs> All on the gram. <laughs> Thank I love you. Them. I said, models, the two of you. Um, what, what happened after that? Something happened after that, child. I don't remember. But then I ended up eventually coming home. Okay. And um, we'll skip past all of the other stuff in between there because that's not needed to talk about. And then I went to sleep. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> um, and then Sunday I got up and almost turned into the Dark Phoenix. But then BHW came and swooped in and saved me. <laughs> Hit it. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Come on, note. Come on, note. Let them know. Like the angel. You hear me? This is a good voice day. Come on, hello. Because everything you've hit, everything you've hit has been on point. All of it. Listen, y'all. We went out to eat. Notes hitting. Everything. Banging it Was out. I even singing? In you, the car? You, when aren't you? Come on now. He's even hummed and that shit is on point. I'm like, you better give it all to him all to them let them know that beyonce's not the only voice in this city this weekend we're gonna get to her later we are we are okay (laughs) but yes so we went out we got us some good food at copeland's that was a great experience our waitress was really awesome she was um and our drinks were on point amazing listen amazing It tastes like straight juice. <laughs> amazing. But it wasn't. I was I about to say, it. that's why you said amazing. It. Right. It. <laughs> it was a sneak up on your drinks. It was rum. Come on. All of the rum. And, and mine was vodka. And everybody knows that's my fave. We do. If you, you want to make me happy, oh, give me a vodka drink. Hey, Miss Fitz, he likes vodka. <laughs> and he likes to eat. I like I, I like we, well we're not talking about food in that instance but I, yes I, I know like to, okay I don't know if they we do. to make sure Maybe make sure the misfits know I like to eat but we're not talking about food okay we've had a whole, a whole episode about me not being a foodie but <laughs> but he's an eater listen there's a difference listen I'm I'm being good I'm being good I I keep wanting this to go further but I'm like <laughs> I'm being good so anyway with that being said how was your weekend. <laughs> Um, my weekend was fine. It was pretty, pretty. Oh, let me go back. Let me jump back. back. Sorry, forgot so I can say this. Earlier this week, I think it was maybe Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I went to the movies and we go see Crazy Rich Asians. Hey, and I really, really enjoyed it. It was um, you know, like I said before, I love rom coms. Um, it was, and this isn't a. So like, I guess it's against the movie, but you know, rom coms are normally pretty predictable, right. and so, but that I go in and that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. So, it, but it was still a fun ride. I still enjoyed, you know, what I'm saying, seeing it, watching the movie, and again, I think representation is so important. Like I talked about 
maybe two or three weeks ago, the episode I did by myself, how, you know, even though black people are really struggling for representation, right. other minorities are struggling even more than we are. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I was happy to go see it, to support it. Um, <clears throat> it's based on a trilogy of books, and so... Because the, this one has done so well that uh, reportedly yeah, the, sequel. The, uh, the sequel is in development. Yep. It might be a couple years because I think the director is doing something else mm-hmm. beforehand. But we might get all three movies depending on, you know what I'm saying, how well. How well part two, yeah. yeah. So that would be very exciting to see. Definitely. And then hopefully it'll, because I, I was seeing something on Twitter. I didn't read the full list, but it was like, because the success of this movie, of course, already starting to green, lit, green light. To green lit? Green lit, yeah. Yeah. Others <laughs> over there. Would it be? They're starting to green lit. They're starting to green light, right? That's really bothering me. I'm I sorry. I was about to say. Anyways, <laughs> they're going to start making. There, there we go. go. <laughs> More Asian uh, projects, which will be really good. <laughs> I thought you had something to add in with this, or did you want to? There you have me stuck on that. <laughs> See, I'm I thought like... it would be like green light because it's present tense. Are you going to green light that movie? Yes, the movie has been green lit. Yes, but they're, they're... there you go. That's fine. Yes. Don't bother me. <laughs> and this will be the whole episode talking about green lit versus green light. So that's fine. We'll have this conversation off the podcast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, no, what I was going to say is that I'm glad that so many people of color have been telling me yes. that they really enjoyed the movie yes. because all of the reviews that I watched, because they were all on YouTube, mm-hmm. all the reviews that I watched were from uh, white people mm-hmm. who, it wasn't that they were slamming the movie. They were just saying that there were things about it that they disliked in the sense of like, cause what I can say in their defense is that they did say that they hope that people go to see it, mm-hmm. but there were things that they disliked about it, like the the overindulgence of wealth. They said that that's something that made them feel really uncomfortable, cause it was. Go ahead. Literally, crazy rich Asians is the title. But, which, but this is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> the fact that it was more than one reviewer who said it was like, I was like, okay, so what direction are they taking this in, where it goes against what? Cause the title, as you said, crazy rich Asians. But so the way they were making it seem is that it was le- there was no moral. So I guess in their mind, they felt like with the main character being somebody who didn't come from wealth, that they figured there would have been more of a moral in there. But it seems like it do- throughout the entire movie, it was just a flaunt of wealth. And at no point in time was there really anything to kind of be like, money's not everything in the world. So that's what they were saying. <sighs> to an extent, but it's also not a kid's movie. Right. So do you need a moral? <laughs> morals in adult films really I'm just saying <laughs> in, in, your, in, in your beloved rom-coms there's often morals I don't go to movies looking for morals but I there hear you there we go that's what you should have said <laughs> with this neck roll and an eye roll that you gave just now <laughs> whatever okay so, so weekend okay yes but my weekend actual weekend yeah, uh, uh, not Monday Tuesday we're getting there <laughs> so my weekend was pretty chill that's probably why I was trying to you know prolong it I didn't do much. This is my weekend to work. Did you have a crazy rich weekend? So, no, I had a crazy broke weekend. Oh, you're not broke. At this point in time, you don't have money. Come on. But you're not broke. I heard Marquis always like, he's like, don't say that. Listen, I don't believe in it. My bad. Come on. My funds is running low. There we, listen. Almost made me stand up. Five miles to empty. Come on. (laughs) Woo, he was about to, he was about to go to give y'all another song. Listen, this voice that don't quit today was about to give y'all a whole new tune. Prepare yourself. <laughs> but no, I worked um, Friday, Saturday, and then I was like really, really sleepy Sunday. So I like slept over than what I was supposed to. Mm. <laughs> so then I came up to Atlanta to hang out with you. Hey. I went to the Copelands, and now we're recording. And um, I worked this evening. There so we go. yes. we're going we to push on through. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that's all. That's okay. all we'll share. All. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you made that sound real interesting. I, I, right, right. No, no, But no, both no, of no, us no. did that. Both we of us did. did. Mm-hmm. We did. Catch us off. Not everything has to be shared. Listen. That is correct. That's discretion a whole episode right there. So Come on. I'm, Healing I'm, through discretion. I'm, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> I, I forgot something, but it's going to merge our weekends into the culture of pop. There we go. So, um, fairly recently, over the past week, and then also this weekend, I've started binging Sex in the City. Yeah. Listen, I was about to yell. <laughs> I was about I to go saw, up with three octaves. I, it, was, it was there. I started low, and I was face. about to work up. <laughs> he caught himself so quick. I am so proud of him for coming into the right world. You hear me? <laughs> The white world. Don't play. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. These are jokes. You tried that. <laughs> no, this is like real New York City, not like some of these other shows that they talk about. Mm-mm. But anyways, Mm-mm. so what was I gonna say? Let me try to be Did shady. You loved it. See what shady happened. That's what shady gets you. You know what I was it. gonna say. No, that's what matters. You um, enjoyed it. No, what's going to Carrie say sucks. is let me let me get there. Damn. <laughs> So I've seen most of the episodes or most of parts of the episodes, clips online, whatever. Like I've seen both of the movies already. Um, the second was trash, but that's fine. That's not what this conversation is about. So yeah, I've seen uh, most of the episodes before back when it used to be on um, TBS. They used okay. to play episodes. Of course, they were edited Listen, heavily, I'm sure, really whatever. So episodes. exactly. So that's why I was like, one day I finally watched all the way through. So I started it and um, I'm really enjoying it. First season, well, half of like first season, I was kind of like, uh, what is this? I don't know what this is given, but okay, because I wasn't really feeling nobody. I t- and I even texted. I was like on like episode yeah. six, and I was like, everybody is on my nerves. <laughs> everybody. But as it went on, um, I love everybody but Carrie. As you should. She gets on my nerves every mm. single episode. I really don't get the uh, appeal attraction of her and Big at all. Mm, but I think I think the actors have wonderful chemistry, Absolutely. and I like seeing them together. That yeah. works. But the, them as relationship, like relationship, I'm not invested at all, and I haven't seen anything that's going to make me be invested. I and you feel the same way? Is that what? This? I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you got to say when you finally get to the end. Because even when it got to the end, I was still like, "What exactly do you love about this woman?" Like, okay, so I funnily enough, I read something because um, of course I know how it ends. So I've seen the movies or right. whatever. So when I was reading something with the. Um, the creator, whatever, was asking, well, how did she pick who Carrie ended up with? She was like, well, her mom made the decision. Because her mom liked Big over the other Eve. guy. Yes. I was like, your mom was in the writer's room? Hello? Because I love Eva. You know I do. <laughs> but she not getting no creative control over nothing. That I... No. No, ma'am. It's not a network note, a studio note. Go somewhere. Wow. That says a lot. Okay. So, yeah. So, you were telling me that there were characters you related to most. I believe that everyone can relate to. Like you and, and anyone who knows you, who watches the show, knows that you are Miranda. <laughs> there, <laughs> I am. There are some people who Miranda. are just one character. There are some. Am I just one? Most of us are more than one. Am I just You're one? just one. <laughs> You're just Miranda. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's all. You are absolutely not Charlotte. You are absolutely not, at all. not Samantha. No. You're absolutely not Carrie. I wouldn't be your friend. But yeah. What? You, what do you think you have in common with her? I think... Because I'm a writer just like you are. That no, don't make no, us no, scary. No, 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 no. Okay. I think that Carrie, as they all do, overthinks a lot. But uh, I think that... so does Miranda. They all do, honestly, <laughs> except for Samantha, honestly. Listen. But 
I think that she overthinks and then reacts. Okay. Whereas most people, it's just an internal thing. Right. Like we're going to freak out in our head. She's like, "Let me overreact. Let me <laughs> overanalyze and then overreact." And then I have to apologize, but you're going to forgive me because you know I was overreacting and you really want to forgive me anyway because I shouldn't have done that, but I'm not going to do it again because it's who I am. Now, here's here's the scary thing. I don't know if you're talking about Carrie and Miranda right now because both of them do that. So, <laughs> which one? Bad. Oh, boy. She's even worse because at least Carrie's not insecure. Like, <laughs> Miranda's insecure as fuck. Like, you're like, no one was talking about you, ma'am. Like, <laughs> Why are you still thinking you need to go change that dress? No one was even saying anything about your dress. Someone said your hair looked nice today. And you was like, today? What about any other day, Miranda? Stop. Stop. You know, no, you gotta watch that today. Because there's some shady bitches out listen, there in these streets. Miranda, there you gotta we watch go. That today. Listen, listen. What about yesterday? It was look like this yesterday. What you saying? <sighs> but yes, but I love her and Steve. I'm sure you do. I, like, Steve's love. everything. I love Steve. Steve's a hero. I love Steve. put up with that. Woo! That's my a girl. strong man right there, boy. Because she's a strong woman, so it takes a strong man. So I'm Miranda. She has strong moments. And you yes. are. Um, you think, <laughs> you think I'm just Samantha. However, mm-hmm. I believe I call I call the combination Harlot, which huh. is Charlotte and Samantha. Uh-huh. I call them Harlot. I bet. And <laughs> it's because I believe they make up both sides of me. I am very much Samantha, you know. I see that. I'm, I'm very non-judgmental. I see I'm that. I'm very free. I'm I see that. Highly sexual. I see that. Very opinionated. I see that. Uh, very business-minded. I see that. However, I'm also very Charlotte. In what way? I'm a very conservative person. I'm very bougie. I'm very high class. You're very surface-level Charlotte, not idealism charlotte like her 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 hopes and goals kind of a thing not that person no. okay no. okay <laughs> very very like no. early beginning of charlotte okay i can see i don't that. i don't need to I'll be give you that. uh taken care of i'll give you no. that. yeah because she gets on my last nerve with well, that well i like, want you to see how you feel by the end of the series so even though you've seen both movies you still get to go deeper yeah, in yeah absolutely i'll yeah. get to see how did we get there right and exactly was, was the journey worth it because <laughs> whoo <woo, laughs> listen so okay, I like how you put that. So I'm more surface level Charlotte, mm-hmm. where when you get a little deeper, it's Samantha. Haha. Come you on. Listen, you whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh, but I know way too many carries. But anyway, go ahead. Oh well, sorry. So, anyways, yes. in watching Sex in the City, mm-hmm. I um I was like, these seasons are long as hell. I did not realize these seasons was like 18 episodes. Indeed, and, the fact and that it you made me that long. But it made me think of another HBO show mm-hmm. with short ass seasons. Mm. Insecure, indeed. So, indeed. Come on, transitions. <laughs> Come on, transitions. <laughs> you better set this shit up, okay? I see you. You love a segue. I Listen, <laughs> here for it all day. I kind of, I think the hair stood up on my arms just now. Like me a good come on. Let me shut up. Insecure has come back uh now, I guess three weeks ago. We're recording on Sunday, so the episode comes on tonight. So we'll kinda of focus on the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um these short ass seasons, eight episodes. I'm mad about that. But it has come back. I am excited that it's back. It's one of my favorite shows. I do really, really enjoy it. Um what was I gonna say? Uh how have you been feeling about the new season so far? So first of all, the first thing I wanna say is that once again, because people keep trying uh, Prentice and Issa, and they keep saying that they need for it to at least be uh, an hour if they're not going to give more episodes. I don't want an hour. But wait, wait. Here's my thing, though. Here's my thing. This is why I'm mad. 
Somebody went and said something to Issa. They were like, can we please at least get an hour every episode? Mm-hmm. She's going to come out of her face and say, are you trying to kill us? It is eight episodes. You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> if you think an hour for eight episodes is going to kill you, you listen. This is she's doing 10 other projects. This of is being some millennial shit. This is no. some millennial shit right no, here. No, that's that multi hyphenate shit. Is that what that that's is? That's what that is. Listen. And there's nothing wrong with being a multi hyphenate. I, I am I don't one. Need, I don't need you to be the lead. <laughs> this is true. This is true. If you're going to be multi hyphenate, you should be the lead you in one be like thing. Kelly or Tiffany. Yes. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But you and I have conversations about that before. Insecure shouldn't have been her as the main character from the very beginning. So. Maybe if that was the case, then it wouldn't be that big a deal if we had more more episodes or if we, they were longer, you know. I don't want longer. I just want more episodes. But yeah, I'm I'm blown by the idea of I mean, Sex and the City was only half an hour, so I can get with that. But you see how many episodes they gave. Yeah. So that's but to say but that still adds up hours. So to say that an hour for eight would kill you is like the what? Like. <laughs> But your question was, what do I think so far? <laughs> um, I actually am surprised. Okay. Because unlike quite a few people, I, I am very much someone who wasn't going to watch because Lawrence wasn't there anymore. Okay. And it was just because for me, my thing is the whole second season was literally, and you and I talked about this, mm-hmm. the whole second season was split down the middle. Yeah. So you can't say that he wasn't a major character. He was half the damn show last season. So for- Listen, I hate that excuse when she's like, well, do you still talk to your exes? That ain't what we're talking about, man. Right. You made this man a whole ass main character. Listen. We, we didn't ask for this. Did not. Did not. That's you expanded a- his role in season two. Did. And then he's nowhere to be seen right. in season three. <laughs> yes. So you did this. Yes. But I think I talked about this before. Creatively, I like that. Right. Which is fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, they were together, not together. We want to keep them on following, you know, Issa and Molly. Right. Cool. As a fan, though, and I think because it's so unprecedented, we're so used to, I guess the couple gets back together, stays together, whatever, or right. a character becomes so big and they stay, it's fine. We're not used to seeing them just randomly leave. Right. So they're always, a, it always is a very visceral reaction whenever it does happen. Absolutely. Because it's a rare thing. It's like, where is this character I fell in love with? Yes. So it's still on the healing space, Lawrence Hive, all, all day, day, every day, every day. Yes. And I think <laughs> we're both Lawrence Hive solely because Issa cheated. Yes. At least I am. Yeah. So... Yeah, he did fuck shit in season two. As Absolutely, she did. right. But <laughs> this isn't something where you know I'm definitely acknowledging that he did some dumb shit. Absolutely, you know it's not about that at all. Um, but it's it's also a thing of the question was asked, and several people asked it after her, which is you know do you keep in contact with your exes? Are your exes still in your life? Yes, I'm some friends are. with almost all of my exes, with the exception of the Tauruses. All the Tauruses can go to hell, but all the rest of them I'm still friends with. Mm-hmm. You know. And even with the Tauruses, I'll at least be like, you know, they'll be like, I hope all is well. And I'm like, you can suck my dick, but hope you're well too. And then we keep it pushing. But it's like, yeah. So my answer to her is yes, I keep in contact with my exes. So you're asking the question of people who all think like you. And they all don't exist in the space of, yeah, I'm still friends with my exes. They all feel like their exes are, what are they called? Fuck boys and all that stuff too. So. I mean, this is slightly off topic, but I mean, keeping in contact with your exes is more of a maturity level. It's more of a, you know saying, why did you guys break up? It's, you know what I'm saying? Were y'all really friends during, before? It's a number of different factors that go into it. Like, Very true. If he likes up with your best friend, then I really don't see a reason for y'all no, to still be talking. Right. He can be gone. But if y'all just like grew apart. Right. What's the issue? What's the issue at all? But yes. <laughs> so, 
So with that being said, because yeah. I still haven't answered your damn question. You haven't, but that's fine. The answer is <laughs> the second episode might be my favorite episode of the series. Because? I love the way that it was paced. Mm-hmm. It was pa- it was a really good story. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just the fact that you got to learn more about Daniel, mm-hmm. but it was just paced really well. I don't know what it was. Like they said, Molly wasn't on there. And I don't yeah. know if that played a part in it because I love Molly as a character. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was it. I just love the way it was paced. Like I watched it and just to be able to see the way whoever wrote it, the cinematography, like it was just a really well put together episode, yeah. you know? So I think it's my favorite out of the whole series. Uh, we'll see what happens in the future. But yeah, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed episode two. So I'm interested to see because even my boy, um, Lord knows, I feel like if I say his real name, uh, Dro, Dro Dro's his name on the show, right? Okay. Dro is even gone now. So I'm like, damn, all of the people. One. Yeah. But then that's when Molly was like, it's not happening no more. And she should have been. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm mad because now he's gone. So pretty much all the dudes who, I'm, who I love on the show are like, oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, I love Dro. Oh. Absolutely. I wanted there to be a, because my whole thing is I don't blame him. He wasn't a bad guy. He and his wife agreed that they had an open relationship. He wasn't a bad guy at all. It's just that Molly didn't want to operate in it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It would be different if he was cheating on his wife. He wasn't. He literally told his wife, I'm at Molly's right now. Mm-hmm. You know? And she was like, all right. Mm-hmm. Holla. Mm-hmm. So it, it, he wasn't a bad dude. It's just that she understood. Uh, well, I can't say understand, understandably so. I don't believe monogamy either. But as someone who does, Molly does, I get that. You know? You don't want to be in that anymore and you shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. I just think it sucks because since he wasn't a bad guy, I'm like, shit, now he's gone from the show too. So. <laughs> It's Molly. He might be back. You never know. Right. But. <laughs> but I feel like we're getting to the point where it's like, okay, when um, when Lawrence left, Lawrence's best friend went along with him. So Fine you don't ass. have him as the man on there anymore. Yes. You know, so that's two guys you lost. Now you lost Dro. Mm-hmm. So pretty much you're left with Daniel, Issa's brother, and Tiffany's boy. I mean, Tiffany's Issa's husband. brother, but yeah. You said we don't have him? No. Oh, why? Why don't we have his boyfriend? But we're going to move right along. You know what? I'm not dealing with you. I'm not dealing with them. So we'll move right along. You you mad because he wasn't? I am. That's actually very true. That's, that's, you know what? I usually tell you to stop that, but I actually do agree with you. Because, because. Why is it that I read that too? But I read, and, um, what's the thing? What was I about to say? I read something that said his her brother's gonna have a bigger role this season. Right. And so when we saw him, I was expecting to see him again in the episode, but we only see him, and it's like it was just for that revelation. Right. You could have kept that bullshit. <laughs> but no, this this it was finally a situation where when I saw who his boyfriend was, I finally had to feel you, and I was like, that was there a reason why his boyfriend couldn't be black? Like that that is a very, very good There's point. There's no reason. Because we've really got There's no reason. Yeah, There's there no reason a, I could hear. I agree. That with I would you. believe, that I would understand, that I would agree with. Yeah. That's real shit. Not one. I agree. Cause the boyfriend didn't do anything. So right. there really could have been any random black guy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it yes. could have been. But no. I, I really did enjoy the second episode too. And I think kind of what you're getting at is because the men were leaving the show and they were there were different men on there, I'm at least happy. Um, I didn't. I was very indifferent to Daniel. I don't necessarily. Want, I didn't want him and Issa to get together at least before. But I'm at least warming to him. Right. I'm happy that there is another guy on the show. Right. Because it's not a. It'd be different if the show focused on like Issa, Molly, Kelly, and Tiffany the whole time. Exactly. But it, it's something that there was a guy there, so it, the balance was starting to feel off, or would have yes. fell off without Daniel being there, kind of picking up that quote unquote slat. Mm-hmm. So I'm at least happy um, about that, and that he's there. Yeah. So yeah. Did you have anything else? No, I'm okay. good. 
So I'm going to shift real quick just in case the misfits hear me moving around because we're in the studio and it's dark right now. So <laughs> I need to add a little bit of light in here. Listen, that's what happens. You got somebody who's long, just <laughs> tall, <laughs> lanky. Okay, indeed. Just arms. Get it. I ain't even to stand up. Come on. I'm here for it. You got the voice today. You got the body going on. We're doing a lot. We're Indeed. body. What are we doing? <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. We had to get up out of our chairs in order for it to get illuminated up in here. I'm here for it. Okay, so this past week on television yeah. also, <laughs> um, Love Is and Queen Sugar both had uh, season finales. I know you haven't watched Love Is yet, so I'll get to that in a moment. And I haven't seen the Queen Sugar. I know you haven't seen the Queen Sugar finale yet either. It's fine. I'm not going to spoil anything or for the misfits either. Um... The Queen Sugar finale was really good. I'm happy that it was a, a happier ending. Of course, we know on this show things never stay happy for long. Right. But we take the moments of happiness that we can get <laughs> and we really enjoy them because they're few and far between. Right. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that show coming back for season four. Um, and then Love Is, uh, which is again, <clears throat> sorry, loosely inspired by um, Marbrock Akil and her husband Salim Akil's relationship in the uh, late 90s, you know what I'm saying, them dating or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the first season is mainly them like getting to know each other, dating, falling in love, whatever. Um, and and it's a really good show, but it's a very frustrating show because it, it really has, I think a lot of people, a lot of people are like on Twitter or at least online that I was seeing had very strong reactions to things that were happening on the show. Mm-hmm. Like for example, um, the character is based on Salim. He's unemployed when the show starts. He's like practically homeless. He has an ex-wife. So he's, he's like very much Lawrence. <laughs> oh, maybe worse. I don't. I don't. I think his circumstances are worse. Okay. I think that maybe Lawrence's actions might have been worse. I don't know. You have to watch it to see. But um, somebody posted recently, and it made me kind of think. I wonder how was saying that they wonder how people's reactions are, um, single people versus people in relationships. How their reactions are to the show. Cause kind of, I feel like this show, it's a lot of, we all put up a lot of fuck shit in relationships. We might not necessarily want to tell the world or at least our friends. And so it makes me wonder maybe how much do you have to put up with to be happy? How much do maybe, I mean, clearly it's worked for them. They've been together like 20 years, but I guess maybe how much is too much? Cause it's, it, it is a lot. It, he is a very frustrating character. <laughs> I, I, I really want you to watch so you can finally share your opinions. Okay. But <laughs> I'll definitely make sure I watch. Yeah. <laughs> frustrates me to no end <laughs> to no end every week the show but yes so um just want to touch on that both of both of them had finales this past week and so um guardians of the galaxy 3 mm-hmm. was supposed to be going into a pre-production um but disney has shut it down so the director james gunn was recently fired i guess last month in july mm-hmm. um because old tweets resurfaced and somebody found them whatever about him uh it was pedophilia stuff and then rape maybe what was the other thing i do remember pedophilia i can't remember what the other thing was it was right. two really bad things that he was like tweeting about in a joking manner yeah so disney fired him and so the cast pretty much you know did a letter open letter of support saying they want him to be reinstated disney was like no that's not happening right and so disney hasn't found a new director yet and so they've decided to halt production on the new movie um the crew members that were working they said you guys can go find other work basically indefinitely because right. we don't know when we're gonna start back up again. gonna start back up so yeah. How do you feel? Um, <laughs> I, that, that's so, it's so interesting because they said that those tweets were, were from years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, yeah. you know, 
because it's like as far as Disney as a company, especially with it being so family friendly, you kind of understand the, the predicament they found themselves mm-hmm. in. On the other hand, we have to understand that the people change, people grow. Absolutely. So James Gunn may not be that person that he used to be. Absolutely. Back then, you know? So it's like, it's it's unfortunate mm-hmm. because on one hand, it's like we have to create room for growth mm-hmm. and have to hope that he's not the same person anymore. And you kind of figure that might be the reason why the whole cast banded together yeah. to back him up. But then on the other hand, Disney as a company is like, okay, well, what is this going to say about us if we let you stay on here and we're supposed to be family friendly? Exactly. If we make arguments against us, we don't really have a leg to stand on. So, exactly. You know. I think it's, I mean, it goes back to something we've been talking about on multiple episodes throughout the healing space starting. Um, you know, where people do things in their past and then, or horrible things, I guess, when the lights are off. But the people that are friends with them or their employees, they don't know or they don't exactly. see. And so you can't expect them to, I guess, fault them if they've never seen or witnessed it. Right. But I also wonder, too, I was really thinking about this the other day. Um, if, at least with this case, in cases like this, where old tweets or old things come up or resurface, uh, what happens? Because nobody has ever, I guess, admitted it or said, I am guilty. Right. What ha- I, I wonder what that would look like. Somebody would be like, I did say those things. I own up to that. But I've grown and changed since then. Or I'm not that same person. Because we never... Or even when somebody kind of starts to do that, they they normally place the blame on the other person, the victim still. It's never a 100%, this was me, this is my fault, but I've changed. So I really wonder what that would look like if someone who was accused of something horrible, you know what I'm saying, or did something horrible, was to own up to it. Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't know. I'm, I'm just interested to see. I Sadly, with the society that we live in, I feel like they will be demonized even more. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting situation where you're damned if you do and you're damned if yeah. you don't. If you come forward and you let people know, I was horrible, yeah. but I've grown, I know better, so I'm doing better. You would think the people would be like, you know, we respect the fact that you've come forward to do that. Mm-hmm. They'd find some way to still eviscerate you. So <laughs> so it's like, you know, I really don't see them. I don't see Disney being like, well, you know what? Because you were big enough to say that, we're going to let you right on in. No, because they get a whole bunch of letters from people who don't understand growth who would end up saying, no, we still want him gone. Because that's the thing, too. It's like we all should grow and evolve and change Mm -hmm. and so many times it's like we hate to see others grow and evolve it's normally we hate to see others grow and evolve when we're not growing and evolving ourselves right so it's like but none of us should be at 40 the same person we were at 20 listen at 30 listen hell sometimes 38 39 okay (laughs) we're being honest you know what i'm saying like you should be constantly growing changing getting rid of problematic behaviors old things that you because your life should not look the same. So circumstances should change in general. Right. But especially like thoughts and behaviors should, uh, yeah. whatever. I don't. Okay. It, it frustrates me. Take that people time. don't, I'm saying that people don't, it really feels like to uh, today's society hates growth and change. They like are so against it. Mm-hmm. And in such a, a mental health, you know what I'm saying, be better, do better world. It's like, but you can't have had a past. Right. I was like, but what are we growing from? What am I changing? If, if all the self-care is to fix what? Like, I'm saying, like, what are we escaping from? Yeah. I don't understand it. So, um, yeah. So, um, Take your time. I figure out how to get into this next one. Just do it. I'll be light and then I'll let you get slightly dark. It's fine. So, <laughs> and I say light and then I bring up death. So, Come on. Listen. So Aretha Franklin passed um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, where's the, where's Exit. the light? <laughs> okay, okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. Ish. So <laughs> let me get there. Let me get there. So um, the con- uh, not the concert. See, but getting there. Getting there. 
So her uh, funeral is uh, August 31st, which is this Friday coming up. And so uh, a list came out, I guess a couple days ago, within this past week of like all the singers are going to be singing there or whatever. And so everybody's like, oh, okay, I want to see this. I can't wait to see this. You know, like what time is it coming on? Who's airing is like, but the family's already said it's not going to be a public <laughs> thing, you know? And so several things. Part of it is like, of course she's a celebrity, so celebrities will be there singing. And so it's it would feel more like a concert than I guess a normal funeral. Right. But also it's a, um, I guess how much we connect or how much we latch onto celebrities even when we don't know them. Yeah. Because I remember, you know, and everybody, Misfits know how much I love Whitney Houston. Right. And strangely, my love has grown since she's passed, kind of. I don't mm-hmm. know what that is, but whatever. But I remember when she passed, though, I didn't watch the funeral because I was like, as much as I love her, I know I didn't know her. So right. that feels like an invasion. Like, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't be watching. Yeah. Kind of a thing. But with Aretha, I don't know if it's I've, this whole growth change. I don't know what this is. Right. I'm like, I want to watch. I don't. But I don't know if it's for the spectacle because I saw who's going to be there mm-hmm. or if it's to really mourn her. Right. And I think that's so interesting that we feel like we're old that as fans. Yeah. It's like, but we're not because we didn't. All of these celebrities are entitled to a private funeral because, I mean, we didn't know them. Like, we could have went to every concert she had. Yeah. Unless we were friends or whatever. You know, it doesn't. This is absolutely true. Not entitled. So it's just so interesting to me. We feel like we are owed that. But, I mean, we feel like that while celebrities are living, too, that we're owed pieces or, or parts of their lives yes. that we're not entitled to. We're just entitled. <laughs> yes. Well, not even entitled. But we all we can get or receive is the art that they give us. They don't have to give us anything Come on. Else. That's a whole fact right there. So. Come on. Yes. But on the topic of death, and I'm going to let you take over. Okay. <laughs> so, what was it on this past Friday? Or was it? No, it was yesterday. It was Saturday. Yeah. Because we're recording this on Sunday. On Saturday, Senator Senator John McCain passed away. Uh, For you misfits out there who are not into politics, uh, if you watch The View, his daughter is on The View. She is. And if you don't know about his daughter, Megan, then it's Megan McCain, right? Yeah. Uh, Then you know that he ran against Obama. Bam. There we go. Half our audience <laughs> was like, oh, that guy. Right. He ran with Sarah Palin in 2008 <laughs> against Obama for president. So he passed away this past week. I mean, I'm sorry, this past weekend, mm-hmm. a day ago. And what I wanted to talk about really quick was this society of not being able to forgive, you know, of not being able to make space for people. For of people becoming just as bad as the people they demonize because I'm looking online and I'm watching as these people my thing is is that if you don't have anything nice to say you don't need to say anything <laughs> that part right there so it's that, like, all of that part like underline bold italicize <laughs> like like change the font to make it bigger <laughs> it's it's so confusing to me because my thing is is that okay there are a lot of negatives that you can find about john mccain definitely about any one of us there we go so it's like (laughs) he passes away and you feel the need to be disrespectful to him we all have families and it's like really so this is what you want his grandchildren to read when they go online like you never think about any of that stuff. His daughter, they like, don't care. they don't. They don't. Because they feel like that person was a, a, a demon or they were a villain or whatever while they were alive. And they didn't care. So right. why should I care now right. in their death? Exactly. You know? And I'm like, so to me, the thing is, is that how is it that you praise Michelle Obama? This is the same thing when I start talking to people about religion. Like, you say you want to be so much like Jesus, 
but you don't take any of his words. You don't follow any of them. Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we'll go high. None of y'all asses then went high yet. <laughs> like, everybody's like, not me, girl. Right. <laughs> you got that. I'm going to go low with him. Okay, I'm going to go lower than. Lower than. I'm going to meet them and surpass them. <laughs> And that, that is the reality that we exist in. I'm reading these tweets. I'm seeing posts on Facebook. And I'm just like, why is it necessary for you to say? I am not, to go back to your, your previous story, I am, I am like neither here nor there when it comes to Aretha Franklin. May she rest in peace. That's literally all I got for you. And that's it. So it's like, there's no reason for me to go online and say, well, I wasn't really a fan. It was neither here nor there for me. Who cares? Like... I'm 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 quiet and I'm allowing everybody to be able to well not allowing but I'm watching and enjoying everyone celebrating her life. So it's like if I had anybody on my timeline who felt as a matter of fact I did have a few people who said rest in peace John McCain. Bam, keep it moving. Exactly, and I thought some people they were like, well, why do y'all? Because it's so weird. Some people, you know, what I'm saying were like, you know, what I'm saying he was a wonderful senator, or he was, you know, what I'm saying whatever, whatever, and they weren't necessarily fully praising him, but they were like he lesser of two evils kind of right. or they are way worse than him absolutely so you know what I'm saying? let me respect him and his death kind of a thing but others is like we can't even let the body get cold and it's listen and i think there's nothing wrong with like facts are facts right so if he did xyz you could say he did xyz yes but you don't need to say he did xyz and i feel so and so and such and such and let him right. ride and let him that's not the time or the place for that right because again like i said we've all done bad things i'm yes. not excusing anybody's behavior at all but again like i'm saying growth and change and evolving at our funeral when we die you don't want people to get up and say oh they was a bitch they was a hoe right they fucked my best friend and then they (laughs) fucked my mama too and then they stole the money out my bank account and then on and on and on but that was 20 years ago yeah the past 20 years i've been like a a pillar of the community i've been like going to the red cross blue shit every like what are we (laughs) yeah yeah it's yeah. like what it's literally if you have nothing nice to say you don't have to say anything yeah and that does not change anything that they did and that does not have to change your feelings about it yeah but you don't have to it's like you hear somebody's past now you got to run off all the reasons why they were bad all the reasons they should have been died all the reasons you never liked them yeah. i didn't ask you that yeah it, it was somebody who said that he uh he suffered from racism long before he suffered from brain cancer and I was like, why was that even necessary to say? Like, wow, people? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we really, really, really have to wake up. And I mean, if, if your decision is that you don't want to be the better person, then I, I can't don't judge be. you for it. You don't know, be at all. go ahead and do your thing. Just let people but... fuck them. You know what I'm right. saying? And that's fine. But I, I guess I'm just different. I'm, you know, like you were joking about, you were saying go low, go high. I'll go low too. Right. But when you die, the shit is over because you're dead. Right. Yeah. Why am I mad? You're not here. I can't. <laughs> What, who are you fighting against? <laughs> Nobody, myself. <laughs> Literally myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so people, okay. people exhaust me. Okay. Are we gonna get light again? We are, we are. Okay. Real quick. <laughs> so <laughs> we said we were gonna talk about her earlier. We mentioned her. So this weekend and it, why am I so excited? I don't know. Right? I'm like, your voice been going up and everything. <laughs> Shit. I think I'm excited because it's so silly to me. So, um, this past weekend in Atlanta. On the Run 2 came, and um, on Saturday night's concert, an overzealous fan got a little bit excited at the end of the show, and he ran on stage. Um, 
And let me preface this. Let me. I was working last night, and so I was seeing tweets like, "OMG, Atlanta, the ghetto. Is Beyonce okay? Is Jay Z okay? Somebody ran on stage. They got into a fight at the concert." And so back. So I watched. So the fan ran runs onto stage, and um, he gets pretty far, in my opinion. He gets almost to like the back of the stage, about to go off. He did. And then finally, I think he like pushes somebody out the way, and then that's when the dancers and everybody else springs to action. So I was confused. Several reasons. One, the guy literally runs past everybody onto stage and is almost backstage before anybody does anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, as much as y'all rehearse, I know y'all know who's part of the show and who's not. (laughs) That's one. Two, I don't know why this is synonymous with like the ghetto or like, you know what I'm saying? Like a whole huge fight breaking out. Why y'all got to give Atlanta a bad name? Like this is one fan. And I don't think he was black either. Really, you didn't think he was black? I don't. He he didn't look black to me. Okay. To me. Okay. Could be wrong. Some light skinned black people. Some of y'all passing. That's fine. Yeah. So. See, so you need to, you can make me watch this all over again because I just knew that was a dark skinned dude who I saw. Okay, so I need to watch that all over again. Stereotype. I mean, oh no. Also, keep in mind I didn't care, so it's like it kind of it kind of took away a little bit. <laughs> but no, I'm just. It was so crazy. But also, it's not. Fans running on stage is not a common thing. But it's not new. That sure. it's not new, and it's given someone's huge celebrity. It's not uncharacteristic. You know what I'm saying it's not. Right. Why are you surprised? It's crazy stuff like this happens. Right. I don't. Jay Z's used to it after Little Mama, so you know it's like okay. And everybody was talking about that too. They were like, he got his butt beat like Little Mama should have been. It's like, why is that necessary? Right. Why is that necessary at all? Yeah. Oh boy, I don't understand. But all this talk about like the dancers beat him up. I'm like, the dancers waited too late for me. <laughs> He was he was good in backstage. He was backstage by the time they were. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. But yes, that was light. Maybe maybe he felt. I'm, I love I love that you consider that light. I um, do. <laughs> maybe he felt like after paying, you know, like seven hundred dollars, his whole he, month's rent, he yeah. had every right to go backstage to shake hands. <laughs> and I understand if that listen, was how he felt. Listen, because <laughs> I've been joking. I want. I'm waiting for her to finally call the DC girls back, and I'll go to that concert. But I might need like two months rent worth of where I want to sit because I can't be in nobody's nosebleeds because I'm scared of heights. So I, I got to be good and comfortable. I can't. <laughs> good and comfortable. So I can see Tanitra. I got to be. So you can see Tanitra? I do. That's how you going to work that out? I do. And I want Latavia to be there too. Y'all can shut the fuck up, Misfits. I want Latavia there. <laughs> I would prefer a DC5 reunion, but I'll settle for DC3. It's fine. Because you know. Because you know. <laughs> The way you just came for the misfits, though, like because <laughs> it, it was one or two of them that had something to say. So, okay, okay. Ooh, so this week's episode is entitled "The Journey of the Creative," and Brandon and I had an opportunity to do what I believe is our first co-interview, right? Yeah, it's our first time interviewing together. Yeah, I guess yeah. Don't count the black. Uh, Black queer and apologetic. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I can get it out. Lord. <laughs> so, okay, guys. Brandon Nicholas is a photographer and storyteller. Donye R. Love is a black and queer playwright. Together, they've created the Each Other Project. This organization celebrates POCs within the queer and trans community. TEOP has created events, web series, short films, and so much more. BHW and I talked with Donya and Brandon about what the journey of the creative has been like for the two of them, not only as individuals, but also as a queer black married couple as well. 
So check this out. Hopefully you'll get healed. You'll feel enlightened. You'll laugh your ass off. And we'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. So as we've been talking about throughout the course of this episode, we have two very special guests in the studio with us today. Mr. Brandon Nicholas and Mr. Donye Love. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Hey y'all. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> this joint hey though, I love hey, it. Hey y'all. <laughs> Howdy. I can't. So we're going to have a conversation about the journey of a creative. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Uh, for all four of us in some way, shape, or form, you know, either stage, television, movies, things of that nature, we all work either in front of or behind the scenes. And I just wanted to have a conversation about what that looks like for each of us. So the first conversation, I mean, the first thing I wanted to talk about as far as the specific topic, how old were you when the seeds of your desire for your art began to blossom? Right now. Try to figure out who should go first. Um, I will be the bigger person. In I style. won. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it means. Uh, when did the seeds? Um, I I don't know. Um, like I knew I. It's a weird. It's a weird answer for me to track. I think because I think it because it evolved. Um, like I knew, and that's the gag. I knew that I wanted to do something in like media. Didn't know what, and then there was a point where I was like, "Oh, I'll be a journalist." Um, and then that evolved into, "No, I don't want to be a journalist because I don't want to be in front of camera." And I think newsrooms are really tacky in terms of like how they operate. So I was like, "I'll do. I'll be a teacher." Um, and I'll become a like documentary filmmaker, and like that it became something else, and it just led my led led me here. That was a all over the place answer to say I don't know. <laughs> now I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Donya? And uh, the the question is a uh, journey to being where I am right now as a creative. Yeah. How old were you when the seeds of your desire for your art began to blossom? Uh, seeds, I don't know. Um, I do know that I, for a while, thought I was going to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to school for that, and that started to shift into, no, Donye, that's not your ministry. It's uh, writing instead. Um, but what was so interesting, so I, I think now is, is it is starting to hit me. Um, when I was younger, I would... And not thinking anything of it, uh, when I was younger, I had a very bad stuttering problem um, where it was really difficult for me to talk in front of people, to talk at all. And like there was mechanisms that I used in order to like get words out, whether it was tapping my leg or clapping. Um, and that became really embarrassing. So what I would do was just write down however I felt. So that was literally my voice. Right. Um, and I didn't think anything of it at all. It was just this how I expressed myself through writing down how I was feeling and what was going on. Um, but then, then we fast forward uh, some 20 years later. Um, I realized, oh, writing is something that wasn't just something I did to express myself, but it actually is a, a deep passion 
of mine. So I think like that was the first kernel. Then things happen over the course of time where God was like, okay, Danye, I'm actually really letting you know yeah. that this is a part of your journey. Um, but yeah, so I think like that was the very first kernel when I was a little boy and I would just write down whatever I was feeling because I was too scared to talk. Come on, as it slowly came to you. That'd be happening <laughs> to me too. <laughs> Talking myself into my answer. Like, okay, what about you, BHW? Um, uh, no, I think for me, um, so my, I have a younger brother. He's like five years younger than me, but for a while we didn't live together. I lived with my grandmother and he lived with our parents. And so I didn't go outside too much with uh, the neighborhood kids or no, where she lived. It wasn't too many kids in the neighborhood. Let me correct that. Mm-hmm. And so I had like a bunch of imaginary friends and they had like these like active ass, like soap opera type like lives mm. it wasn't just like we're going to like play in the corner it was no legit like they were like cheating on each other and it was some scandal type shit it was like a lot going on and so i used to like write um and more so storytelling writing um like i guess novels or short stories kind of a stuff but eventually i kind of was like i don't really like this that slowly but surely changed so i just want to i'm focused more i guess on the dialogue and then the the action of it seeing what happens as opposed to I guess novel writing for me seems very tedious in a way that I don't necessarily enjoy. So it slowly Mm -hmm. evolved into more of script writing, um, specifically TV. Mm -hmm. But just I I enjoy that that medium itself more like watching it. And then I enjoy working with it more. So, Come on. I think this is the first conversation we've had where I realized that like our beginnings are kind of similar because I'm listening to you. And that's very much like what it was for me. I started probably, I would say, around fifth or sixth grade with a series that I well, I was writing called The Fabulous Five. And it was based off of kids that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I made like this entire series of us and these misadventures and stuff that I started reading. I mean, I started writing. I wish I could find those. I'm fairly certain I still have to have those books or something somewhere. So I've been writing for a really long time. Uh, and then also when I was much younger, not writing, but just creating uh, my friend Dante and I created a network called Channel One. Mm-hmm. And I guess showing my age, this is before Channel One was actually in schools. Mm. I don't know how that aged me just now. But <laughs> but yeah, we created Channel One and we had all types of like soap operas and all these things going on with our toys. Yes, so we made, toys. like listen, a whole lineup, a whole lineup mm-hmm. of different shows. Mm-hmm. The whole breakdown of what came on what day and all of those mm-hmm. things. So that was around the time my mother bought me my first video camera. Mm-hmm. And so we would record them whenever i would play rustling i'd make these really elaborate like productions Mm -hmm. so i uh my mother got me like red light bulb green light bulb blue light bulb so when people would come down the ring i'd have the lights go off and those lights would come up Mm -hmm. i had the music that would play from wwf back Mm -hmm. then wwf and all that stuff as the toys came down the Mm -hmm. ring like whole productions Mm -hmm. so that was the beginning that was the beginning of everything as far as the way that that was set up uh, and that like slowly changed into wanting to act. And that was probably around my eighth grade year when things shifted mm. because I had never thought about acting before. And my um, school counselor was like, yeah, I can tell that you're not going to fit into your zone school. <laughs> That's not really something for you. So you might be interested in going to the Baltimore School for the Arts. Mm-hmm. 
and I ended up auditioning for that, and they that made the shift into wanting to act, mm. which eventually made me let go all of the you know like write well not necessarily let go of the writing, but then the writing shifted into poetry. Mm. So the whole thing that I started out with with the directing and writing for the television shows and all that stuff kind of went away. But that's where the seed began. The seed began with wanting to write and getting really, really detailed with it. <laughs> Do you um you have anything, BHW, so far? Have anything so far? As far as like any questions for them? Not so far. I won't hug them. No, no, no. You know how. I won't hug all the questions. <laughs> so being a creative for all of us, what has been a major obstacle for any of you when it's come to the the creating process? What has a big obstacle been for you? Doing it. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> for, yes, but no. Uh, specifically, the financial resources in order to do it properly. Um, I'm thankful that I live in New York and we have a community of artists and people who are, one, all dope as fuck. Can I cuss? Yeah, I feel like I asked you that last time. You did actually. <laughs> I'm like, if you don't say what you need to say. Um, well, everybody is dope as fuck. But it's like, and we're all really just trying to create and do whatever it is we're trying to do in whatever medium it is. Right. Um, but also understanding, like, to do it properly um, and wanting to honor the work we're doing and do it justice, it takes a decent amount of coin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which at times can be really hard to come by and sometimes it's easier to come by. And having done, for me and Danya, having done, doing each other project for so many years, we realized like, all right, this is what we want to do. How can we manage it? This And like, for me, it's, I, I think it's a helpful skill of how can we create with the resources that we have, but it's also like a skill I don't want to have. It's just like, let I just want to be able to create and not have to worry about, oh, we don't have the money to do it the way that we see fit um yeah right <laughs> so the money okay so i'll go to bhw this time before i go to don Ye. so what about you um i think for me it really is which is so weird a few years ago like before I, well years ago now not but a few but like in high school i was like so disciplined with like writing i would like do it like every single day and then college happened and then you get busy with like trying to have a social life, trying to balance homework and stuff. And then it's like I really got out of the habit of focusing on just the writing itself. And so I've been really struggling to get back that discipline. It'll like have like spurts of energy here and there. And then but it, it doesn't stick or it's not for whatever reason or I jump from project to project to project. Whereas opposed to before I would actually like finish something and then mm-hmm. move on to the next thing. Now my brain is like, okay, we're gonna work on this for today and then this tomorrow and then do nothing for two weeks and then come back mm-hmm. to half of this and then so I'm all over the place has been my biggest struggle so far. I feel like, again, our answers are kind of similar in the sense that I guess my biggest obstacle has been that I have too many different hats, you know? <laughs> so it's like, and over the last couple of years, the the journey has been finding a balance between the wellness side of being a creative and the more artistic side. So that has been a very interesting journey. You know, I'll have conversations with BHW where I realize, you know what? I really want to direct again. 
or I really want to get back into writing, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's difficult because I do so much with wellness. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes, where, where, where's the time? Mm-hmm. How can you be able to fit in being able to do that? Because you really have to put your all into it. Then you get into the area of money, as you were talking about, you know, because just for the podcast alone, the money that goes into making sure that this is a good show, we still have more to go. Mm-hmm. There's still a journey to take us even further with just the podcast. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a little overwhelming when, I mean, on one hand, it's a blessing. And you thank God that it's like, wow, thank God that we have these gifts that mm-hmm. we're able to have. But then it's like the 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 patience and the understanding and the 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 time management and figuring out how you're going to do these things, you know, uh, we're we're blessed with these different areas within the creative space that we're able to tap into. But it's like, how do you do one with making sure you're not completely depleting others and you're able to fill them back up again? Mm. So that's my journey It's just mm. making sure that everything is balanced and it is not always easy. <laughs> what about you, Donye? Uh, I would say the most challenging um it's probably me getting out of my not so much getting yes getting out of my own way in terms of understanding that I am worthy and that I do deserve to be where I'm at um because I've gotten into a space where uh, opportunities have really been um presenting themselves and I'm like oh I I don't know if I'm I'm capable I don't know if I deserve this there are so many other writers are creatives who are quote unquote better than I am, right. um, who have a different uh, level of training than I do. And they definitely do deserve to be here. So like those are the things that I definitely navigate through. And I remember um, when it, it felt like it all hit me in such a way that was really debilitating was a little over a year ago, um, I started to feel the shift um, in my career and personally and professionally it felt like things were just phenomenal and yeah. i never really being black queer hiv positive i was used to things being arduous right so for things to actually be on a track where oh shit like life is actually popping and you're getting everything that you deserve um a shift went off or like it was like a light bulb or like a click went off in my head that said Diane, everything is going right something is bound to go wrong and mm. it, I, i've got i i got into a space of uh literally waking up and praying over brandon that the god forbid one happened um when i was finally able uh to go to sleep I will, the first thing I would do when I would wake up in the morning is look at my phone because I knew that God forbid it happened to uh, my mom. So I found myself for a very long time thinking that everything that you desired um, as a creative and just as a human being is happening to you right now, Danya, in this moment. So that means something is off balance. So something is going to go wrong. And I, I, I didn't have anyone in my life who... Uh, was in this predicament so i never even knew that that was a thing but the more i started to talk about it, the more i realized oh like a lot of people i see i uh, had this happen to them and so it, it it really boiled down to like mental health and learning how to navigate that one i am worthy of this uh, i deserve to be where i'm at right now uh the writing is good enough for me yeah and that's what makes it hopefully good enough for someone else because i see value and i see worth in it so it was being able to navigate those spaces that helped me really realize um, how to get through those challenges and those conflicts that I had within myself as a creative. You definitely helped me to go towards my next question. It's a good segue, which was going to be, 
to make it a little lighter, mm-hmm. how do you all let loose? Mm-hmm. Like in places where you've gotten too, you've become too hard on yourself, mm-hmm. got too deep into your head. Mm-hmm. How do you allow yourself to exhale so you're able to come back to the table better, you know, mm-hmm. feeling fresh, feeling like you you have done the proper work as far as your mental health mm-hmm. and you can begin anew. What is it that you all do? And let, let's lean more into the fun. Mm-hmm. What do you do for fun to be able to allow yourself to have that exhale? BHW? What I do for fun is a nigga lays down and goes to sleep. Like literally it might sound like serious. No, literally like I've, I've, I don't know if it's like getting older or whatever it may be, but like that for me, that is absolute joy. Um, and I enjoy laying down. I'll binge watch a really good show. Um, I enjoy walking. Um, that's fun for me. And because if I understand you correctly, it's like, what do we do to get out of our heads? Yeah. Um, and to just be able to escape and to release. Yeah. That the, the number one thing is, even though Brenda was throwing shade, it really is <laughs> like laying down, getting in bed, sleeping, watching TV. Then I would say after that, it comes um, just like walking, getting out of the house, experiencing fresh air. Um, so I would think like, I would say those two are the things that like, I really get on and popping with time and time again. Absolutely. But yeah, and then like being here right now, um, Brandon, I was saying like, Hey, we're just going to like get away for a while. Like those are things that like I've learned to really cherish more and more as like work starts to increase. Um, and these are moments that I really do value a hundred percent. So yeah. So like, those are the things that I do for fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. BHW or Brandon? Yo. I'll go. Yeah, I think to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, I think it's really just living life. Mm-hmm. I think it's like doing the work and then leaving the work there, not necessarily carrying the work with you and everything else that you're doing. Because I do think that living life, it will inspire you enough or kind of motivate you back at some point or kind of bring you back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't have to be all that's on your head or you can't be mm-hmm. simply focused because then you won't be able to be your best creative self kind of a thing. Um, I also think, too, another thing is letting other people read my work sometimes because I think you can be so in your own head like, oh, this isn't good enough or this is maybe sometimes being a cocky mover, this is too good. And Mm -hmm. so they can always beat you in the middle if it bring you down or pull you up kind of a thing to encourage you or help steer you in the right path. So I think it's just keeping good people around you to to read your work, but also just to live life and experience good things with. Mm -hmm. Right. I um, I think for me, it has a lot to do for like pulling away from everybody. I found a lot of my healing, a lot of being able to get out of my head, a lot of that deep exhale to be able to come back anew comes from just completely separating from everyone, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, uh, an extreme disconnect, mm-hmm. you know, where I forgot the last time I did it, how many days it was, but I like turned off everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, here and there I may text, mm-hmm. but otherwise I'm like, no, I'm like shutting down, cutting out the entire world. And it's a, a really, really beautiful exhale. You know, no television, no phone, just existing. Mm. If I need to go into the living room and meditate, I can do that. Very little conversation with anyone else who's in the house, you know. Uh, and it's, it's very refreshing. Very refreshing. It's something about being plugged in for too long mm. that can do a job on me, you mm. know, um, as far as my journey. So that that disconnect is very, very important. Mm-hmm. So that's how I get out of my head. Um, working in wellness, it gets to a point where after a while, you're, you find yourself constantly analyzing everything that you're reading. 
um, everyone who you interact with. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's it's almost... And for BHW and Donye, I know that y'all understand, but I'm kind of specifically speaking at Brandon right now, like from the perspective of X-Men mm. and the way that that looks for the different characters and everything mm. and having to get to a point where it's like, oh my God, how do I turn this off? <laughs> and learning how to turn that off. It's yeah. very Professor X Jean Grey, where it's like, okay, I don't want to keep reading your mind. Right. How can I figure out how to not read your mind? I got to get away from your ass. Mm. And, and pulling away and being like, all right, I'm just going to be secluded and chill so I can stop hearing the voices. Mm. And then when I come back, I've kind of brought everything back down again. Mm. So now I can interact with you without feeling like I'm reading your thoughts without even trying to. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I do. So, I yeah. Do. Oh, I do need to answer. Don't I? <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to answer. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think what's really important for me is remembering that I'm human um, and to just enjoy like living. And I know that that's pretty vague, but being in New York and getting so like wrapped up in the hustle and like the hunger for wanting to create um, and being a creative um, and like wanting to have something to put out there. Like I'm here, like I'm a creative and I, I want my work to be seen, felt, whatever. Remembering that like, Nigga, chill. Like, <laughs> like, like, chill. Like, text somebody. Like, hang out with a friend. Like, listen to some music. Watch a cartoon. Like, just relax. Be a whole human. And like, when you're ready to get back into it, get back. In, like, n- telling myself not to rush the process. Cause like, there is. I don't know. And I don't think it's just me. But there is something about being in New York or New York adjacent. Um, where you feel, <laughs> where you feel the need to like constantly have, to, and even like outside of being a creative, just feeling the need where you have to like constantly go and go and go, like so it's really just taking a moment to not go, mm. um, and like sitting with like wherever you are in the moment where you stop moving, um, yeah, and also for me it's really just like talking because I get in my head so much, so literally when I'm talking it. It's like I clear everything out. Yeah. So just having people, like I, th- I think I said this when we did the live, just having somebody to dump on, oftentimes it is Donye, um, right. <laughs> also helps me get out my head. Listen, the, the beauty of marriage. If okay. You- <laughs> okay. Listen, <laughs> let's be real clear. Um, I mean, still on the same topic, I initially was thinking to myself as kind of going off the topic a little bit, but not really, because as, as creatives, this is still a very, very important. Um, I know especially with Don Ye and I, you can see if you go to both of our Instagram pages, um, Don Ye, I believe if I'm not incorrect, Don Ye, you've had a few that have been reported, uh-huh. um, but I'm going into the area of nudity mm-hmm. and the way that bodies are, what's the best way to put this? How people make a rig, a real big deal about nudity, you know, for the positive and the negative. You can get likes that you never expected <laughs> by posting something nude. It can also get your page shut down, mm. you know? Um, so it's this very interesting balance. But it all comes down to the way that nudity is seen mm-hmm. by people, the way the human body is seen by people. The so, way the black body. Come on. Is also seen Listen, there we go. Listen, don't, that, don't wait, don't jump ahead because I might have to do with your answer because <laughs> you feel some kind of way. I like that. <laughs> so from a creative point of view 
why do you feel so this leads very well, i'll just give the mic right over to you brandon uh. <laughs> so as a creative why do you feel that black bodies are viewed the way they are why is it that the human form can't simply be beautiful you know why is it that even if you have everything showing you know that it immediately has to go to a place of being sexual why can't it simply be that the form itself is beautiful and we can enjoy it and celebrate it for the beauty that it is? Why do you think that there's so much shame and a need to make everything so uh, in the negative, if we can be honest, you know? Because if, if you're having somebody's page removed or picture taken down because suddenly you're clutching your pearls, the question becomes, why are you clutching your pearls? What are you doing that, you know, Don Ye did? That wasn't his vision. His vision, and it didn't say that in the caption, none of that, you know? That's not what he was going for. You did that. So why do you feel the need to have it removed? Why do you feel like there's a shame that's put on the human form? I think what part of it is, is like the, how we view, and by we, I mean the world or the U.S., uh, like what the standard is understanding like we know granted there is like slow progression but we know we still live in a very eurocentric um like standard like this is what beautiful is this is what a good body looks like all of all like all the things um so when we celebrate our bodies it's literally like it can be seen as an attack on what the standard is so like and you know i'm not one to post my body much um, but when I do, because <laughs> it's, it's also like when I do, that's when I get the most attention. I'm like, all right, I see who's really checking for me. Right. Um, but no, like when we celebrate our bodies in the way that anybody else can celebrate our bodies, it's it needs to be challenged because our, our melanated skin um, doesn't fit the baseline for like what the standard is. So I think it's partly that. And then it's also like I think a lot of niggas just be hating. Like, <laughs> like literally, like for no reason, like they just be hating. So that's my long short. Yeah. And then I also want to say, um, it is, I do agree. Uh, it's an attack on, uh, blackness, uh, being specific with this room. Um, I also believe it's, uh, attack on queerness. Um, cause all of the photos that I post on Instagram specifically, um, I would all call soft. Mm -hmm. I would all call very soft. And I do believe there's an attack on softness. There's an attack on anything, just how society is structured, on anything that has any uh, form or remnants of femininity attached to it. And like, so these are the things uh, that people try to like snatch up. Um, and in the case of Instagram uh, reports. So I think like those things really do trickle down. Um, I would say that the photos um, I post are artistic. Um, but what's the problem with somebody, and this is going to, luckily we can curse and Absolutely. get as as we want to get on here. <laughs> like what's the problem with somebody uh, posting a photo with a pussy popped wide open? Like what's the problem with somebody posting a photo 
um, where they literally are just completely butt ass naked, like just quite literally feeling themselves. Right. Like if that's how someone expresses themselves and they find beauty in that, that that might not equate to the beauty that like you see in a photo, but like if they find beauty and expressing their body that way. Right. Um, and they're not doing it to be salacious. They're just doing it because like that's how they love on themselves. That's how they express themselves. And I think this we just need to understand um, and really have a conversation on unpacking what it means to uh, allow someone to express what it means to express their body yeah. and not think of it only through whatever your, I'll say, uh, narrow lens of bodies um, and perceptions of bodies yeah. look like. Yeah. I also think to add to that, and this will be just a quick quip. No, you're good. Um, something I mentioned, one, something, like, something I wanted to mention earlier is with that, like, black bodies tend to be inherently, like, sexualized and fetishized. So it's like... Have, have been for as long as we can. Right. Listen. So it's like when we give... Listen. Like, what, when we celebrate our bodies online um, in whatever tasteful or tasteless way that we want to do it, it's still seen as, like... It's still seen sexualized. So it's like, oh, I'm going to report this. Even though I don't see your dick or, like, the crack of your ass or anything, I'm still going to report this because it's a black body and I'm, and I'm finding like sexual arousal in it or I just know that this is meant to be sexualized because off like we just love like our bodies are meant to be consumed by people apparently. Come on. Our bodies are meant to be consumed. <laughs> no. I definitely agree with what you're both saying. I think that we've been conditioned, especially with black people, to view our bodies as mm-hmm. sexual. Like other people do it and so we've been taught to do the same thing. I think that a big issue also is that sex itself is not normalized. Mm-hmm. It's still seen as such of a behind closed doors. This is a taboo topic. That's an adult quote unquote conversation. It's yeah. got to come on, you know, like a late night show or strictly on a podcast. It's rated mature kind right. of thing. <laughs> you know, it's like we're all having sex. Well, most of us are having, you know what I'm saying, sex. And so it's it's a part of life. We all have those urges. It's something that is that is fine. So I think if we celebrate sex itself more and not necessarily being vulgar, although those conversations are also necessary, mm-hmm. it, it will help to to normalize seeing just naked people, because all of those people pictures, like you're saying, some are just artistic. A, ne- a naked person does not mean that it's porn. Mm-hmm. It's it can be art. And sometimes porn is art to some people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, listen, <laughs> listen. So it, it doesn't have to be that next level that some people want it to be. Right. My, I think my my thing is is that on my page I've given both. I've had some pictures where I'm doing yoga where the entire purpose is to celebrate yoga, you know, to celebrate my body. I've made it. I've been very honest even before the podcast existed of my journey of celebrating my thickness because I've battled accepting that I'm thick for a really long time. So I'm like, I like to be able to celebrate that publicly mm-hmm. with the hopes that somebody else can look at it and be like, you know what? I felt kind of shamed by this too, mm-hmm. but looking at you celebrate you and it has happened. Mm-hmm. I've had people DM me and it's very much been a thing of thank you. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that. Now there've been other DMs where there've been people like, let me get up in that, you know? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that I don't get mad at it. Both Let's hello. <laughs> hello. Let's be very clear. I'm like, why? Thank you. I appreciate that. Then there are other ones that I post where flat out. I'm like, all right, there's the ass. What's good? Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not lying about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is my truth. Mm-hmm. We, we we get to be both, mm-hmm. but it also gets to be my page. Mm-hmm. Instead of feeling like you need to report me, you can always stop walking with me. Mm-hmm. You, let's be very clear. Mm-hmm. You don't have to keep walking with me on social media. You know what it is that I give, you know? And it's like when I have that conversation with some people when it comes to Facebook, 
And people are like, well, no, I can't do these certain things on my Facebook page because I have too much family on there. For me, I'm like, listen, if by now your family don't know what's good, like create another page, something like don't I can't get with the stifling of who we are. You know, it's like I have to exist in the fullness of who I am and I'm going to celebrate my body. Like, I love, it was something that was taken down from you, and you put it back up, and I can't quote you verbatim, Donye, uh, but you put it back up, and you were pretty much like, yeah, it was taken back down, bam, we back again, like, what's up, you know? <laughs> and I loved it, because I'm like, you don't get to win, you know? You don't dictate what my story is going to look like. I'm telling my story, and if you feel like you no longer want to see or hear that story, pull yourself away. Don't attempt to shame me or silence me from being able to tell my story. So, yes, come on, y'all. Good answers. Good answers. And I'm quick to tell Instagram they can suck my dick. Listen. Listen. <laughs> come it on. Is what it is. Is. At the end of the day. Yes. <laughs> it's other people projecting their desires onto you when that yeah. wasn't even your intention. Come on. Yeah. Desires and fears. Come on. Yeah, desires because and fears. Because they can't be as, as open or as transparent as you're being. Mm. Or as bold, I guess, mm. as you're being. Come on. That's a whole nother episode right there, yeah. baby. Whew. Mm-hmm. We're going to call them once they back in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about that. These desires and these fears. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so talk to the two of us a little bit about the Each Other Project. You know, of course, I've talked to you guys separately. But, you know, having you guys here together, and especially with this being an episode talking about being a creative, what has the journey been like together in creating this platform for other black queer people or black people of color mm-hmm. who are queer. You know, well, excuse me, I said black people of color. Other people of color mm-hmm. who are queer. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what has that journey looked like for you guys? No, that's uh, actually a extremely full journey. Um, so it started out where we wanted to create work, um, create content, uh, via uh, social media um, and events and things of that nature uh, through um, it was very much for I feel like at the time um, black queer men and this was like Brandon and I existing in a space of not seeing enough representation not seeing the fullness and the nuance of us and so we started it out in that vein but over time we actually realized uh that we are a part of a larger community mm-hmm. that is marginalized and oppressed and it is not just about us yeah and so we were able to exp- to expand um our very idea and notion of what community means and what it looks like because the each other project at the end of the day for us is about community and we realized that we hope to god that our community is just not black queer men um and we need to understand that and so we started to evolve and look at what the each other project is and we landed on that uh it's a art and advocacy uh organization designed for uh queer and trans folks of color um, to make it as expensive as possible to do whatever we can in whatever little way we can uh, to show the fullness and the nuance of the community and the communities that we uh, operate um, under. So that's what the Each Other Project is. And that was the journey of the Each Other Project. The journey 
uh, for us getting to the Each Other Project was super interesting. We started the Each Other Project uh, the same time that we started um, a relationship with each other. Uh, we knew each other before uh, we started the Each Other Project for a couple of years. And when we decided uh, that we would uh, venture off into a very intimate, very romantic relationship, we also started the Each Other Project. So it was very much uh, like one and two thing. Right. Um, and it was it was it was um, uh, it was tiring. It was exhausting. It was taxing, and now he's sitting up because like I got some, I got some things to say. Um, but yeah, and being able to like navigate both of those things, um, and I'll say, for me, um, I can be um, very work, work, work. Um, and making sure that it's as perfect as I as each other project we can get it and so it got to a point and like i said this was at the same time that we started to um be romantic with each other it got to a point where for me uh, a good morning text turned into did you see my email text right. and so like having to like navigate that space and it was some days where we were on top of the world with both yeah. it was some days we were on top of the world with one but not the other mm, um it was days that we weird. was like at the bottom with both yeah. and being able to like navigate that but i think now we've we've gotten ourselves to a point of understanding the difference in both um and how important uh both of these things are relationship um and the each other project but at the end of the day how important we are to ourselves yeah. um and that was a, a journey within itself but yeah mm-hmm. listen because because you lean forward yes you did so i'm not to say listen yes, <laughs> um no i mean i did but i think <laughs> i did but don't you kind of touched on it okay. uh i will speak for me it's been it's it's been a fulfilling journey, but it's also just been like, child, what the fuck? Like, a lot of it's been like, what are we doing? Right. Um, one, because we are going into our relationship and creating these other projects simultaneously. Uh, so it's the challenge of how do we, as a couple, as a unit, as a pair, navigate each other? Like, what are the compromises that we're going to make in our relationship um, on top of how do we operate as business partners? What are the compromises that we're going to make as business partners? Especially considering in the beginning, we had completely different aesthetics. Like, I'm a bit, and not in a messy way, I'm a bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. And he is very, like, regular Douglas Smegla, black and white, simple, like, blah. I mean, not really Wait blah. A like, <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I took that no shade because I know me. <laughs> you know what I mean. You better know yourself. Um, Listen. <laughs> so it's just like, how do we... Like, how do we navigate both of these, like, lanes literally at the same time? And, like, it was like he was saying, well, we will be dealing with, like, something we're trying to create and not see eye to eye. And we might, we might not speak for a few days. Like, especially, and like, I think the bulk of it was us figuring out, like, the bulk of us figuring out how to navigate these things simultaneously was when we did Modern Day Black Gay, because... It was, what, 11 or 12, like, straight days of filming. Um, Super duper long days. Like, everybody's stress level is high. And I also want to make, like, a quick shout out to everybody who, like, put up with us and, like, (laughs) came together to make that show what it was. Um, But in that, it was just like, Donnie, I don't, like, it it, it really got to the point where it was just like, I don't know what our future going to look like if this is what it's given because 
we literally were like, we're not even gonna sleep in the same bed some nights. Right. Um, but we were obviously able to like learn and grow from there and like cultivate one uh, a rhythm for each other project. Like I think now we've like merged like me being all over the place and him being a bit more unified. Um, but also just like how we talk to each other romantically while working together mm. and more importantly, separating um, the work from the personal. Cause like Donya said, he is a workhorse. Right. Um, and early on, it was just like work, 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 work. Not even a Rihanna song, but just like too much work. <laughs> it was like, all right, D, like we're going to have this rule where we're not talking work in the house. We're not talking work on Sundays. We're not talking work. Like just having to really create these restrictions. Right. Um, and like as we continue to move forward and continue to create, we learn that it's not like he said. It's not just about us wanting to create work for Black gay men, um, but really just wanting to be a platform to like elevate the community at large. Right. Uh, and just shout out to everybody who like helps make shit happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to everybody. <laughs> No, it was supposed to be a smooth transition. It was supposed to be a smooth transition. He said, "He said, modern day black game." No, I was going. To okay, okay, so why you pause? You, oh. but, <laughs> so, we got DVD questions. We do. So <laughs> what happened with that? Right. <laughs> so modern day black gay. It was it was a web series that was on, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And then I looked back up, and it never came back. So <laughs> whose fault is that? I'm looking at both of y'all. I don't. You know me. Um, <laughs> I'll say what I think, and then you can okay. you can easily. I mean, like, and feel free to just interject. Um, <laughs> I th- well, I think coming out of it now, because MDBG is what like four years old now, D. Somewhere, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Um, four years old. I I I think at this point now, sad to say, I think it ran its course. Ran its course being one season, which is really sad. Um. Part of it, going back to what I was talking about earlier, is the resources. Um, shout out to everybody who like donated to the Kickstarter. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, part of it is the resources, and I think another part of it, like, glory to God, and I'm actually like fortunate and like thankful to say this: all of the actors like are like super duper booked. Yeah. Like, they just went on to do like popping ass things. Like, we actually, Donya actually had a whole season two written. Mm-hmm. Um, but like niggas was booked. It was like we can't like when we wanted to do it, it was literally like we can't find the time to get everybody to commit, considering um season two would have been bigger and more elaborate than season one was. Uh and and, and knowing um and learning from season one, like the mistakes that we made. Uh season two, like schedule wise, would have been longer, um, to give us time to breathe. Right. But like people Literally, Scott was like, oh, I'm in L.A. doing a show. I'm doing, like, a tour. Oh, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm on this show. It was like, all right. Y'all better grow your wings and fly on. Yeah. What you got? Um, I have to say, y'all. <laughs> and this is coming from, like, the most humblest of uh, places. Um, I wrote the fuck out of season two. Come on. I actually really he did. He did. He did. I he wrote did. the Say fuck out of season two i actually gagged myself um but yes with everything brandon said and then also i had to realize um 
when a story is done mm. and not forcing uh, these characters uh, to go on journeys that they don't need to be on. Yeah. Um, and like, and that was something big for me. Yes, we were blessed to have actors who are extremely talented and people understand their talent. So they have continuously been booked and blessed. Uh, and then it also was a very real thing of the story was done. Right. Um, Granted, it was just one season, but the story was done. And then I'll go into the uh, another web series, uh, I Hate New York. Yeah. Um, that story is done as well. Okay. Both of those stories, for me, came from a place of modern day black gay we talked about. Uh, not seeing the full representation at the time uh, for what it meant for me to be a black queer man. Yeah. So what do I do in those circumstances? I write. So I wrote that. I was able to navigate through that. So that story is done. I Hate New York stemmed from a place, the title I will hope gives it away. When I first moved to New York, I hated New York. I was really depressed, suicidal thoughts, all of these things. And how do I navigate out of uh, these extreme emotions? I write. Yeah. And so I Hate New York has uh, navigated through its lifespan. And so for me, it very well um boil down to okay these stories are done yeah like they live their life the life they were supposed to live and they can just exist in the ether now come on but yeah and it's, and it's also just to quickly add um how like far we've come and not we as in not just we as in each other project but we as like a larger community of queer and trans creatives especially of color four years ago we made mdbg because we didn't feel seen and like now we're in 2018 where like i'm imagining some young speaking from me like a younger version of me right. could go online or go on tv and see themselves like we have so many dope ass shows being made by people who are telling these stories like by queer and trans people of color yeah. um granted it was also the case four years ago but like now, like, the stories are, like, we have so much to talk about. And, like, so, like, there are so many things in that spectrum that need to be seen and highlighted. And, like, we're at, the, like, we're at that point. Like, yeah. e like with Pose, with, like, My House, but, like, and even just, like, the independent things. Like, we are really just in, like, this renaissance of, we going, we going to create the shit that we want to see. Like, we don't see ourselves seen. And now it's literally, like, a whole network and whole communities of people like I'm just going to create whatever it is that I want to see yeah. for what it's worth. Yeah. That's that's honestly how I feel too like real talk when it comes to wellness and mental health in the queer and trans community. Like for for years, for years even back to what 2010 when I created a lot happened in 2010, boy. <laughs> when I created the love movement back in 2010, I wanted to create something that could be like a safe space for queer and trans people, you know, especially of color. Mm -hmm. And to be where we are now, where we're no longer even the only wellness podcast mm -hmm. for queer people of color, you know, like that's major to me. And I'm really, really excited to be able to see that these conversations that like in the overall black community in general 
for so long were shamed, you know, and you shouldn't talk about that. You know, it's like, give it to God therapy. What are you talking about? And like finally being able to tackle these things and having intelligent conversations about them is something I've waited so long for. And it's exciting to see that it's expanding Mm -hmm. and it's becoming something where people aren't afraid to voice their voice, how they feel online. And they can talk about it without feeling like, you know, people are going to be looking at them like they're weird, you know, like you have two heads or something Mm -hmm. where even if you have two heads, that could be awesome. But anyway, um, (laughs) I'm a weirdo like that. (laughs) But um, I wanted to and I think that BHW would agree with me. uh, We would like to thank you guys, because in listening to you guys talk about um, each other project, we realized what was that yesterday? We realized that if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't have met. Yes. Wow. Like, literally, it was a project through the Each Other Project wow. <laughs> that led to the two of us meeting. Oh, community. Listen. <laughs> That's what the boy was down Listen. To. Community. And it's like when I think, when I look around this table and I think about all four of us, in some way, shape, or form, we were all brought together by another one of us. Yeah. And that is really, really awesome. Yeah. And it hit me as you guys were talking. I was like, shit. Like, yeah. this you is some, oh, wow. uh, come on. Mm-hmm. We met through you. Listen. Y'all met through us. Come on. Boom. Boom. The circle of life. Listen. Come on. Oh, wait. I was about to go into it. Like, you better know. You better know. You better know. Yes. I can't. So is there anything that you guys can talk about right now that's coming up for either of you or as the Each Other Project together yeah so i don't have the exact dates right um i am producing a round table for queer and trans people of color called community Mm -hmm. t-e-a not t-y to give us more space to just talk about the shit that we go through um that will be coming out very soon on Slay TV, so check that out. Yes. Follow, follow us, follow them, because we ain't got the dates yet. But when yeah. we know, y'all will know. Yes. Um, I have a few projects in the works right now. Um, one that I can talk about. Uh, we actually start rehearsal in New York um, in a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been working on a trilogy that I talked about uh, before on yeah, here. We were on here. Yeah. yeah uh, that explores queer love during pivotal moments of black history. Uh, the first play premiered off-Broadway uh, about a month and a half ago, which was Queer Love on Slavery. The second play, um, which explores queer love on the civil rights movement, is uh, the play we saw rehearsals for in about a week and a half. Is a two-hander uh, set during the civil rights movement. Um, we The two actors are, um, and I'm so excited that we have them on board, uh, Dewanda Wise, who plays Nola Darlin, um, and Spike Lee, She's Gotta Have It, yeah. uh, is the lead. And then uh, Chris Davis, who plays uh, Tracy in the second season of Atlanta on FX. Yeah. Um, so they play husband and wife, um, and we just navigate their journey um but i'm super excited about that um and it's a whole lot of other shit uh, in the works right. and when i get the okay to talk about it y'all will know right. but yeah <laughs> that is awesome anything else you want to ask bhw um i mean, this is real general i guess is there any specific well i say general i say specific right Come through. <laughs> Come through. any advice i guess that you have for uh queer creatives or creatives in general that are Struggling, maybe struggling to start or struggling feeling, I guess, burnt out or whatever of their process or like, you know how there's always, you feel right, really burned out right before they say you mm-hmm. make it. 
Mm-hmm. Is there any specific words of encouragement, maybe advice you have? Any things yeah. you've learned, maybe? Yes. I will say um, this is specifically for writers, um, but just in general, uh, you are the only one that can tell your story. Mm. You are the only one that can tell your story as specifically um, and as nuanced uh, as you can tell it. Other people may be able to tell variations of it, but there is no one in this world that can tell the story that you are able to tell. And then when you do tell that story and when it does get out there, um, understanding that it is a worthy piece of art, Amen. whatever that art may be, however that art may look it is a worthy piece of art that you are the only one that was able to craft um, and develop and I think that's a really important thing and then also knowing who you're uh, telling your story or creating your story about and who you're creating it for right I can only speak for me I know without a shadow of a doubt especially now that I'm like elevating and growing and people who I didn't even intend to uh, speak to um, are consuming the art uh, that I create. But I know I specifically write for and about uh, black queer people. Yeah, Like there's no getting around it at all. And I often say this, um, if you aren't a part of either community and you see my work, it's no shade, but you need to consider yourself lucky. Mm-hmm. Because I would hope I'm giving you such an authentic and honest look inside the lives of these people. Um, so yeah, knowing exactly who you're creating the art for and who you're creating the art about and knowing that you are the only one that can create that art. Yeah. But yeah. Come on. Come on. All right. Are you still in thought, Brandon, or? <laughs> uh, Come on. Yes, you better give it to him. I second. You're right. I second. Yes. <laughs> so... If the Misfits would like to walk with you guys over social media, you know, if people want to be able, <laughs> I was about to say, if people want to email y'all scripts, <laughs> like, we want to be a part of each other project. Uh, Let me not do all that. <laughs> but if they want to be able to walk with you on social media, where can they find you guys? You got it. Uh, all right. <laughs> I do. Paul didn't think about it. Listen. <laughs> You can follow me, walk with me, bike with me, all the things. Come on, bike, bike. <laughs> I bike. I also roll a blade. Let uh, them know. Come on. <laughs> you can do all those things with me on Instagram and Twitter at B-R-A-N-D-0-N-N-I-C-K. That's Brandon Nick. It's a zero instead of an O. <laughs> Instagram is at the Each Other Project. Twitter is... We are the EOP. That's why I pause. I'm like, what's the Twitter? Because Twitter don't give you all the characters, which is really tacky. But Twitter is we are the EOP. Facebook and Instagram and Tumblr is the Each Other Project. This look on your face for Tumblr, though. This look on your face. But I'm glad you also have Tumblr. I actually forgot all about Tumblr. Is, is that still a thing? Is Tumblr still a thing? It's, it's still a thing. It's, it's, it's still a thing. It's not what it's supposed to be as far as... Ah, uh, yeah. okay. But it's still That's a thing. sexual thing we were discussing. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay, Tom. That's what um, should get reported on Instagram. Yeah, right. <laughs> listen. Listen. <laughs> Facebook, I am Danye R. Love. Uh, Instagram, Danye Rakim Love. Um, and Twitter, I am Danye R. Love. Come on, stop it. And so he had to. Uh, <laughs> Tell me that because he created my Instagram, my Twitter for me. 
he created it for me. Um, I was fine without one. He was like, you need one. But yeah, so yeah, he was right. He was right. It's needed. And go become more needed over time. So yes, you knew what you were doing, husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, we would like to thank you guys for being on here. Definitely. Absolutely. Yes. Listen, this was the best. When y'all said y'all were coming down to Atlanta, I'm like, oh my God, Bam. we can do this in person now. Let's go. Listen. Let's go. I was like, so they're going to be on there, right? Okay. I know cool. that. Right. Like, thank y'all so much. Brand was wanting to ask y'all that question for a while. I was. BHW was like, look, it, look, look, listen. I'm ready. Right. He was like, I need some answers. I'm ready. I no, was but it really didn't hit me till the other day that I was like, wait. Yeah. You ain't going to find her. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you that. Not until she's on TV, I'm putting that into the universe. Boom. Put it. Put it. We're going to still see that second season. Listen. Girl, I can't. Listen. I can't. <laughs> People who you didn't expect to star in these roles going to be on there. Okay. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Where'd she come from? All right. right. <laughs> Do your thing. Do New your characters thing. and whatnot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just make sure it's still your voices. How yeah, about that? Very. Hello. Very. Okay. Thanks. About to start. I was. Nice, I was about so to start. These head nods, y'all are missing. Because <laughs> I'm about to start a whole new conversation. Hey. I'm looking at Brandon. His eyes, like, listen, we about to get into something else. Let's yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So we're gonna go. So we'll continue a whole new conversation. Uh, and then this conversation ends up being a two-hour conversation. Okay, I'm done. Listen. Okay, Nikki. Listen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to hold this note so I could work this I pussy. I can't. Okay. <laughs> well, That's the an inside joke. Because <laughs> nose knows. Come on. You better drop all of them within that ghost hole. Yes. I can't, y'all. I really can't. Ooh, to get up. Yes. And now it is time for good news. Okay, so you go ahead. You can start off. What's your good news for this week? Um, something small, but I finally went ahead and had an eye exam so I can get... New glasses now, finally. Amen. Listen, you said it's a small thing. That's important. <laughs> Especially living in Atlanta for these people on the road. You don't want to be one of those. Listen. Right? Because I haven't went to go get it. I haven't gotten an eye exam in like three years. I don't know why it had been so long, but right. it had been since three years, whatever. So I finally went and got it. And um, thankfully, insurance, Moni Will. So I didn't have to pay too, too much for my glasses. But then I normally wear contacts, so I switch back and forth a lot. Right. So they were telling me whew, the price for the uh, contacts. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, so normally when you go and get contacts, they'll like have you try on in the pair to make yes. sure you can put them in and everything else. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so these are 30-day, right, that you gave me? They're like, yeah. I was like, okay, I'll be back. That's fine. <laughs> I'll go back in a couple months. But it's okay, fine. Okay, okay. When the way that price showed up like two hundred dollars, I was like, "Excuse me, what kind of contacts are these? What do these do other than help me see clearly?" Like X-ray. They need to do everything. Oh, okay. Everything. He's like, run any, my bath any, any, water. Any GPS inside of them. Everything. Okay. You said run my bath water. I yes. don't know what the other put the jump out of your eyes and do it. Like, what the fuck? Like, hey. He needs to do a lot. Okay. Okay. Make up my bed. Okay. Make me breakfast. Wow. Cuddle me at night. So you're pretty much getting a boyfriend out of these contacts. Okay. I gotcha. mean, okay. The prices I'm paying. I'm Listen. Hello. You want them to do some other kind of contact? Okay. Well, no, no, no. Okay. Before I mean, contacts. you said cuddle. So yeah. You said cuddle. That's that's contact. 
Okay. So you want me to go into my good news Please. now? Thanks. Please. <laughs> my good news is is that I am loving what is supposed to be called my job. Okay. Um, I say that because, again, as I stated when I first uh, talked to you guys about it here on The Healing Space, it doesn't feel like a job because I'm literally living at my purpose. Mm-hmm. So I get up every morning not feeling like I'm going to a job. Yes. Uh, what I love about it is that with working with my young adults, I'm always on the go, like mm-hmm. constantly. Not sitting behind a desk, you know, just chilling. At 38 years old, I've done that for long enough. So it feels great to get up, you know, have all these appointments or meetings I have to go to and constantly on the go and making a difference. Building genuine relationships with each of these young adults who I'm interacting with, you know. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of them. (laughs) I have a (laughs) lot of young adults on my caseload. Uh, So it's, it's just awesome to be on the go and living in my purpose. So that's some really, really, really good news. Uh, there are trying moments, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, thankfully it's it's all worth it because yeah. of what the journey is like. So, yeah. And, uh... <laughs> so earlier in the show, we were talking to you guys about THS Live, okay. which took place last week. Okay. And that we were so happy that you guys checked it out. Okay. So, well, it wasn't last week. It was like, two weeks ago at this point when you're listening to this. Yeah. 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 Um, so... We wanted to make sure that you guys knew where to find it because we have about four THS Lives that are on the YouTube channel now. Mm-hmm. So you can go to YouTube.com slash, was it YouTube.com slash Revolution LLC. Yeah. And so Revolution LLC is the name of our page. You can check out all of our lives. Again, this past live was our live Black Queer and Unapologetic, and the show was packed with people. Packed. <laughs> Full. And a really good conversation, too. It was. It was a really, really good group of people. And I think sometimes um, when you get, like, a bunch of people together, you don't know how it'll be. Yep. But it was just a really good time. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of uh, gems. Yes. And gems. A lot of gems dropped, you know. Mm -hmm. It was really, really good. Yeah. And if they want to be able to walk with us on the different uh, podcast platforms, where would they be? You mean, like, Listen. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was making one to make sure. <laughs> I didn't know if that was a social media or not. But no, you can listen to us uh, on the SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on the Say Overcast. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I say that one twice to make sure I don't forget it. <laughs> um, you always go to thspodcast.com mm-hmm. and just listen there. Listen. Won't he do it? Won't he will? Okay. Every episode. Listen. Catch up. <laughs> tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell another friend. Mm-hmm. Share, tweet, like, subscribe, comment, all of the above. Listen, Kevin be telling me I do it without a script. You did it with, all without a script just now. <laughs> you better work it out. I know that's right. If y'all could have seen him just now, he knocked that out like, okay, all right, boss, I got you. So, yes, um, you can walk with me on social media over, I was going to say, over across. Wow. Across all social media platforms at Scorpiogi. <laughs> you can also walk with the podcast at underscore THS Podcast on Twitter and THS Podcast on Instagram. I don't know how to say it without the T. Well, that's not even why I was laughing. I was like, that's fine. Okay. I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you can walk with me. Just like Miranda. Okay. Which is fine. I love Miranda. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm, I really am waiting for her to grow her hair, but we're going to get there. Okay. Okay. first two seasons will. A little rough, my girl, but I love her. So you can walk with me on social media, on Twitter and on Instagram, and just call me Otis. <laughs> we want to thank <laughs> Donye R. Love and Brandon Nicholas for being on this episode. We do. 
it was awesome yeah yeah that, right you better say i stand <laughs> <laughs> i saw how you did that i was like <laughs> Uh, we love them dearly and we enjoyed that conversation thoroughly yeah definitely so make sure that you guys uh walk with them as well and uh you can find all of their information in the description to this podcast so until next week i think that's it we out of here right we'll see you on the flip side this is probably the calmest we'll ending you on the flip side I don't know. okay okay we'll be back okay <laughs> This is the, <laughs> I don't know what you I was about to say this is the calmest ending we've had, but here come your silly ass. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a song, I'm sorry. We, we love you guys and we'll see you next week. Namaste. <laughs>